What is up, everybody? We're back with a new episode this week of Fight Talk with Alan. Got some things to cover, like Jack Hermanson versus Marvin Vittori, recapping that card. Errol Spencer versus Danny Garcia. We got a big pay-per-view upcoming this Saturday with uh, Davis and Figueredo and Brandon Moreno, uh, Tony Ferguson, Oliveira, and some other great, great fights. And I'll cover those for you guys, see the betting lines, see what's up, uh, give you my predictions. And then we got some interesting... Uh, Stuff in MMA news today and boxing as well. Uh, Logan Paul versus Floyd Mayweather was announced. Unfortunately, um, we'll talk about that. We'll see, we'll see what I think about that. Uh, Anthony Johnson signed to Bellator. <clears throat> Yoel Romero cut from the UFC unexpectedly, and UFC announcing that they're gonna cut like 60 more guys. So I'm gonna give my predictions on what guys are gonna be cut. Not all 60, obviously, but a couple of premier ones that are gonna be cut. And we'll just kind of go from there. All right. So, last weekend, Jack Hermanson fought Marvin Vittori. And although I thought Vittori had a good chance, I saw opportunity in the betting lines for Jack Hermanson because he was an underdog and he's a, a sappy veteran. And I thought that if he could get to the f- get the fight to the ground, it would be a rap city for Marvin Vittori. But what I didn't know is that Marvin Vittori has actually very good takedown defense and especially after knocking down Jack Hermanson so bad in the first round it was tough for Jack to get his shit together and try to uh, uh, take him down efficiently so it was a pretty dominant victory for Marvin Vittori and I think he's the first Italian to be in the top 5 of the middleweight division so kudos to him, he looked very good, he looked uh, strong uh, way better striking than Jack, but that didn't really surprise me because Jack has pretty rudimentary striking. And the biggest answer for me in that fight was if if he can defend the takedown, he should win the fight, as long as he has good cardio. And he did get a little tired, but he caught enough steam to win um, most of those rounds, so great win for him in my book. And for his next fight, I thought his call-out was really well-timed, uh, and it's actually a good move for him because... I think him and Costa would be an entertaining fight, and it would be a close fight. They're both pretty evenly matched, and especially Costa coming off after a loss. And me not thinking that Costa's that good of a fighter, to be honest, uh, I would I would probably say that that's a good next step for Vittori. Uh, there's also some names running around, like Darren Till, which I think would be a tougher matchup for him for sure, or possibly like a Derek Brunson or a... Kevin Holland, if he wins his next fight, all great matchups, all cool matchups, but I think for his best bet, uh, he called out a perfect fight, and Paulo Costa would be that perfect fight for him. Now, for Jack Hermanson, uh, it's a tough loss for him. He lost to a 13th rate guy, which is never good. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like it's possible that you could reschedule that tilt fight, but why would Till want to take that after he just lost to the number 13 guy? There's no real winning in that. So I'm thinking probably like a Brunson, a a Derek Brunson, both grapplers would be an interesting fight, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know how much there is for Hermanson right now. That loss kind of uh, fucked him, because first he was going to fight Till, and then like a month before the fight, it got switched to Kevin Holland, and then a week before that fight, it got switched to Marvin Vittori, and that's just, that's kind of the shitty part about UFC. Like, in boxing, you know you're going to fight this guy. It's not like you're fighting, uh, you're supposed to fight Triple G, or you're supposed to fight Canelo, 
on Saturday, and then the Sunday before, they're like, okay, uh, here's Triple G for you. Like, the, they t at least in boxing, you know who you're going to fight on the date. It doesn't get changed that much. And I kind of feel bad for her, Manson. I mean, Vittori changed too, but he had nothing to really lose. So that's kind of a bummer. But it's the name of the game. So, yeah. And we also had a good boxing fight this past weekend. Uh, everybody was wondering, is Errol Spence going to come back better from his Ferrari crash? Uh, is he going to come back worse? Is he going to be okay? How is he going to look? It's been a year and a half. And he did not miss a fucking step. You know what's so good about Errol Spence? He's good at everything. The way he fights, like, he has good cardio, he's strong and athletic, and he's a smart boxer. Like, he's not just this athletic dude that has power. He he can box, too. Like, he's an all-around great fighter, and he's a southpaw, too. He's a slick southpaw. And the best thing about him is he know, he just knows how to win rounds in the judges' eyes. Like, there was some okay, like, Danny Garcia landed some shots in some rounds, but you knew that Errol Spence was... Winning that round, he took control of every single round, basically. I think he lost, like, two rounds on Mike, the scorecard. So it was pretty much a domination. And it's not like Danny Garcia is a slouch. Danny Garcia is, uh, what, at least a top five welterweight in the world. Possibly top three. And he just destroyed this dude. And that's why it's like, fuck, man, nobody really knows who Errol Spence is, but he could possibly be the best boxer in the world. And the way to find that out is for him to fight Terrence Crawford. But I don't think it's going to happen. Uh, anytime soon at least. It will happen definitely, but it will not happen anytime soon. Just because of fucking boxing and uh, promoters not getting along and them not, not being able to make a deal. That's uh, both the both sides are happy about. So he'll probably fight Manny Pacquiao. Which is a cool fight too. I mean, Manny Pacquiao is no punk. He beat Keith Thurman in his, in his last outing in a great fight. And you know uh, Pacquiao is going to bring the steam to Errol Spence, but... Obviously, I think Spence is going to win that fight and probably dominate him as well. So, yeah, that is all for the recap for boxing and MMA last weekend. Now, let's get into some fights that are happening this weekend. Okay, UFC 256. Big card, big, big, big card. Um, Some some people are saying that, like, it's not as good as a card as, as it should be. Obviously, because Piotr Jan and Aljamain Sterling uh, went out and there were some uh, problems with COVID people pulling out, but for the circumstances of this year, I mean, this is a pretty good card, bro. You got Figueredo and Moreno. I will always watch Figueredo. He's become one of my favorite fighters lately. He's really reinvigorated that flyweight division. And then you got Ferguson and Oliveira, bro. Like, fuck. I was so happy when they made this fight because I wasn't really feeling Ferguson and Chandler that much. And I've always said, Charles Oliveira is my dark horse in this division. He does not get the respect he deserves. He's off of a seven-fight win streak, and I think all of those fights are finishes. Uh, maybe one decision, but he just beat the fuck out of Kevin Lee. Like, he is a great... He, we always knew he was a good grappler, but his problems were his cardio was bad and his striking was whatever. Um, But now that he's gotten older, he's only 28 years old, bro. Like, he He's only becoming better, and I feel like right now... He's peaking, so this is such an interesting fight, and Ferguson, obviously, he was on a 12-fight 12, 12 win streak before he got destroyed by Justin Gaethje, and now the question is, was that just a fluke fight, or is Justin Gaethje really that good, or did Tony not show up that fight, did the weight cut have an issue with it, was he not in the right mental state because he was trying to fight Habib? 
there's a lot of questions that are going to be answered off of this fight. We're going to see where both guys are, and this is a perfect time to have this fight. Is Tony over the hill? Is Oliveira the next possible champion? Like, uh, this is such a critical fight for the light heavyweight, lightweight division. I cannot stress that enough. And then you got Kevin Holland and Jacare Souza, which in some ways are similar. Kevin Holland, 20 years old, Souza, 40. Jacare Souza never got that title opportunity in the UFC, but he's a seasoned veteran, a one of the best jiu-jitsu practitioners in UFC history. Um, Eight-time world champion, and a good boxer at that, too. And then you got Kevin Holland, who I've had my eyes on since he fought Thiago Santos a couple of years ago. And when, he, when, when you want to talk about activity and fighting all the time, Kevin Holland has fought, uh, what's this is going to be his sixth fight, I think, this year? I mean, this guy is so entertaining. As soon as I saw him fight Thiago Santos, I'm like, this guy is a good grappler, good striker. He's unorthodox. He's a long, lengthy middleweight. He's got a great body for MMA. So I'm excited as fuck for this fight, too. And then you got Cyril Gain versus Dos Santos. I mean, holy shit, bro. This is kind of like... These three fights are like the Young Bloods and the, and the Old Bloods. You got Souza Ferguson and Dos Santos representing the older guys. And you got Cyril Gain, Holland, and Oliveira representing the newer crop of like, UFC guys. Al although Oliveira's fought like a million times in the UFC, he's still 28, so he's got a lot of time left. But yeah, man, this is crazy. Cyril Gain versus Dos Santos. And then you got Moicano versus Fazeev. Fazeev is a newer guy as well. Moicano's good. And then Daniel Pineda versus Swanson. Swanson's kind of over the hill. And Pineda, he's fought a lot, but he's just gotten to the UFC and had a win. So exciting fights, man. I can't fucking wait. But let me go, let me break these these fights down for you guys and see and let you know who I think is going to win. So let's start with Daniel Pineda versus Cub Swanson. So although Cub Swanson... <sighs> He's a veteran. He has experience for sure, especially in UFC fights. I feel like lately he's just been a step behind on everything in terms of striking and grappling, and he's not as durable as he used to be. And I just feel like Daniel Pineda is kind of a younger, better version of Swanson in many ways. Uh, he brings that pressure really well. He has good submissions and uh, good power. So, this is going to be a quick pick for me. I'm just going to take Pineda uh, second round submission. I think they're kind of setting up Swanson to lose this fight. Uh, it's definitely not like a 100% loss, but Pineda should should probably win this fight. Okay, so you got Moicano versus Fazi. For some reason, they put this on the prelims. I don't know why. They put a Mackenzie Hedren versus Verna, uh, whatever her last name is, in the main card. I don't know why, because this fight is going to be way better. Fazi and Moicano... Definitely watch the prelims, watch this fight, it's going to be good. Uh, Fazeev is from Kyrgyzstan, and I'll tell you guys right now, uh, prediction for me, in f and in five years, uh, f at least five, year five years, like f five to ten years, whatever the fuck, that whole part of the country is going to dominate MMA. Dagestan, all the, all the Russian uh, cities, Kyrgyzstan, Uzbekistan, Azerbaijan, that whole area, Armenia, that whole area is going to be the frontrunners, by, by far the best fighting uh, area in the world. You have great boxers in Uzbekistan, uh, wrestling is the national sport of Dagestan, fucking Azerbaijan, and 
I think Kyrgyzstan, and they have very good. They have really good sambo. Like the, I feel like the way they fight is a great way to fight, and a lot of their fighters, especially the Dagestani fighters, most of them don't have many losses on their record, and you would have to assume that a lot of these kids in Russia, and Azerbaijan, this part of the world, um, they look up to someone like Habib and Islam Makhachev, and they want to be like Habib. They want to be better than Habib, and eventually, as it always goes, there's somebody. There's gonna be somebody probably better than Habib in that area. Or close to. So you gotta think there's some little kid that's training all day, wrestling all day, fucking wrestling bears in Dagestan. And they're gonna be a UFC champ one day. And you're kinda seeing it. You're seeing it with Islam, you're seeing it with Hazmat Shemaev. I mean, Ar Armand Saryukin, you guys might not know him, Armenian fighter, fantastic. And Rafael Faziv is in that mix with the, the Kyrgyzstani people. And you got Valentin Shevchenko, who's from Kyrgyzstan as well. These people are different, bro. They're a different fucking breed. And that is why I'm taking Fazeev. <laughs> uh, I think he has better striking than Moicano. Um, Moicano could probably try to go for for some submissions, I, I guess. But even... Uh, even I don't think Fazeev is that worried about that. I feel like Fazeev will win this on, on the feet. He's more active. He has good striking defense. And I think Moicano will, weather, will not be able to weather his storm. So I'll take Fazeev by decision. Okay. So Cyril Gain versus Dos Santos. This is an interesting one. Cyril Gain is from France. Not not too many French fighters. He's in the new crop of talent there. And the cool thing about Cyril Gain is that he he spars with Francis Ngannou. And if you spar with Francis Ngannou, uh, you're definitely dealing with some power. Uh, but here's the thing. I've I watched some some of his fights, and he's not like a knockout artist really. He's more of a technician. Which I actually like to see. I think that that's more consistent, and it's uh, obviously better to be that than just a straight knockout striker, because a lot a lot of those people's shelf life is not that good. And he seems like he has uh, good technical striking and pretty good grappling as well. And he's also younger than Dos Santos for sure. But the thing is, what the only thing that I wouldn't pick Gain in this fight for is because of betting reasons. He's a minus 400 favorite against Dos Santos, and he's only like 8-0, I think. I don't even know. 8-0, I think, with like two knockouts, and it's a three-round fight. I mean, Dos Santos could definitely slip in a decision, a close decision in this one. So I'm saying if you want to win some money off of this card, I, I would definitely bet on Dos Santos. But if I'm just thinking about this not in betting perspective, uh, just thinking about who's, who's going to win the fight, I would pick gain. Because I think that Dos Santos is just over the hill. And he's lost his last three by knockout. And two times he got knocked out this year. Or uh, I think Curtis Blades was like maybe late last year. Or something. I don't know. But yeah. Uh, I would take gain in this fight by decision. I think he's just a better striker than Dos Santos unfortunately for now. And then the next fight you got is Kevin Holland. Versus Jacare Souza. Kevin Holland, obviously he was talking about that new crop of talent. He's very unorthodox. Uh, he has power in his hands, and he's also a good grappler in that aspect. And he's very strong. That's one thing about Kevin. He's very strong. And he's also very lengthy. He has good reach. Uh, and he's all, he, he, he fucks with your head because he talks to you in the middle of the fight. But... Uh, it's, it's not going to be an easy fight for him because Dos or, uh, Jacare is definitely, although he's 40 years old, his boxing has gone pretty good lately. 
And it's not like he's been destroyed in his last couple of fights. Like, what he a couple of fights ago he knocked out Chris Weidman, you know. So he's not completely fucked. Uh, if you uh, in this fight, you know, he's not like outclassed by any means because Kevin Holland isn't 100% proven, you know. He's on on a win streak, but his win streak is against guys that are like maybe not t- tomato cans, but they're not the greatest fighters of all time, you know. They're not ranked opponents so uh this is his first real test and i've been going back and forth with this one but i would just have to say that kevin holland seems more to me more quicker uh more agile unorthodox and i think jacare doesn't really move his head a lot so it's gonna allow him to get kicked a lot and jacare isn't really gonna go for takedowns for whatever reason I, I just think Kevin's going to be the more active fighter. And the problem with... Usually the problem with Kevin is guys that are better grapplers than him that try to take him down, but Jacare isn't... Doesn't try to take a, too many people down, really, especially nowadays. So I think this will be a good stand-up fight, and Kevin Holland will win a close decision. That's what I think. Okay, for the next fight, this is a big one for me. Uh, Ferguson versus Oliveira, and I'm going to kind of cover what I think both guys could do, and what you're going to see. So I think Ferguson, if he stays with that old mentality that would have, because if Ferguson fought this fight like four years ago against Oliveira, he would have shit on him, because essentially Oliveira back then was Ferguson, Ferguson's like easiest matchup. Because Oliveira gets tired very quickly, and Ferguson pu- pushes the pressure and lands shots on you, that gets you so tired. He gets he gets everybody tired, or he would. So that's that's uh, a point right there. But I feel like this is perfect timing for Oliveira. But at the same time, I think Ferguson should stay with that same path of, to victory of keeping the pressure and just waiting till Oliveira gets tired. Uh, he he cannot get careless on the ground. I know in most of Ferguson's fights he's been the better grappler. Obviously Eddie Bravo in his corner, that tenth planet jiu-jitsu rubber guard, fantastic rubber guard, great darces. But against Oliveira, who's I don't like I think he's a third degree black belt. I mean, this guy is one of the best grapplers in the UFC. Top three, at least top five. So you can't be careless on the ground and, and get into these positions because Oliveira has fucking great submissions from all angles. He has great guard attacks, uh, great guillotine, good leg locks, and I feel like for this fight, Ferguson needs to keep the pressure, constant volume on Oliveira, and you can't leave your chin exposed because one thing that Oliveira has improved on in, in is in his striking. But for Oliveira, Oliveira needs to tag Ferguson but not use all of his power and cardio right away. So with Justin Gaethje in the first two rounds, he was just swinging for the bleachers, and those punches would have knocked out any human alive, other than him, other than Ferguson. Um, but Trevor Whitman saw that Justin was getting tired, and he got careless, and he got knocked down by Ferguson in the end of the second round. So he's like, take 10% off your punches, and that's the best thing he could have said, because that's exactly what he did. And he won the last three rounds decisively, because he didn't try to knock him out, because knocking out Ferguson... It's pretty much impossible. You almost have to choke him out. Is the only way that you can really finish him. Um, I guess you can go for Armbar's leg locks, but he's probably not going to tap out. But uh, 
oh yeah, o Oliver needs to kind of take that same approach. That he can't use all of his power because he doesn't want to get tired, but he needs to take Ferguson and have him earn his earn his respect, kind of the same way that Justin earned uh, Ferguson's respect, and Ferguson couldn't keep pressuring him because he kept getting tagged. Uh, welcome the grappling because you should be able to at at least uh, try to submit him or be a better grappler than him. So the grappling is definitely the advantage of Oliveira. And stay disciplined and don't fight on your back foot for the entire fight. If he just if he reacts too much to Tony Ferguson and he just lets him take control of the cage, uh, Tony Ferguson is probably going to win because Oliveira is going to get tired and he's going to be too reactive. But the thing about this fight, I think it's all about timing. And from what I've seen in Oliveira winning his last seven fights, it's tough for me to pick against Ferguson, man, because I love Ferguson, and I don't want to be that guy that's like, you lose one fight and you're over the hill, because I don't believe that he is over the hill. But I just think that Oliveira is peaking right now, and this is going to be a crazy fucking fight and at a crazy pace. And I just think this is Oliveira's time. So I'm going to take Oliveira by third-round submission. I think Ferguson's going to fuck up. He's going to engage on the ground with him, and I think... Uh, Oliver is going to put get him in a guillotine or an anaconda choke. So yeah, it's tough for me to say this because I love Ferguson so much. And I've always been one of his biggest fans. And I feel like his UFC career has been tainted because of not getting those big fights like uh, McGregor or Habib. But he's a legend, man. But uh, one, one thing is Father Time is not does not give a fuck who you are. And although I wouldn't be surprised if Ferguson won this fight because it should be a good matchup for him, I just feel like Oliveira has improved so much and he's peaking right now. I, I'd have to take Oliveira in this fight. But I wouldn't be surprised if Ferguson won. And for Figueredo versus Moreno, this is an awesome fight too. Uh, the flyweight division is actually solid, bro. I like the flyweight, flyweights. There's not too many of them, but the ones that there are, they're actually super entertaining. And none other than especially Figueredo, he's the, by far the most entertaining flyweight. He knocks guys fucking dead. He's like the Francis Ngannou with better grappling in the flyweight division. Uh, Figueredo is just another guy that just seems like he's peaking. Like His striking is fantastic, super technical, good kicks and punches that have power and technique behind them. Uh, a smart fighter, uh, a guy that's, that's not afraid to take risks and is is maybe a better grappler than he is a striker, which is crazy to think of. Uh, I mean, this guy is such a beast. I, the only thing that I haven't seen that much is I haven't seen him go the full five-round distance. So I don't know if he's a... I don't know how well his cardio can keep up with Moreno's, because I know Moreno, those fucking Mexicans, man, those Mexican uh, fighters, they never get tired. Uh, I feel like Moreno should probably push the pressure if he just stands at a distance with Figueredo. He's going to get his... Legs chopped off with kicks, and he's going to get fucking knocked out. But if he pushes, pushes the pressure and makes it kind of a dogfight and tries to get Figueroa up against the cage, I think that's a good bet for him. I don't think that he should engage too much in the grappling because uh, I don't think he wins that fight. I don't, I don't think he's a better grappler than Figueroa by any means. So I think the best chance that, that uh, Moreno has to win this fight is to push the pressure, uh, get it into a brawl fight kind of, uh, but keep him against the cage, and just straight volume, uh, just push the pressure and try to win a decision. 
But I think Figueredo has way more avenues to win. I think he could submit him if he gets to the ground. Uh, I think if they stand at a distance and Figueredo has good enough cardio to keep up, he should be able to push Moreno back with his power. And I just think the Mare that Figueredo is just by far the best flyweight in the world right now, so it's tough to bet against him. And I like the, the quick turnaround for him. Uh, what is it, 21 days for both of these guys? I, fuck, I like it, man. Keep the flyweight division going. You guys are... Uh, headlining two pay-per-views in a row. People know your name now, you know? So, I'm going to go with Figueredo by second round KO. And now on to some current events in MMA and boxing. Alrighty. First, we are starting with Logan Paul versus uh, Floyd Mayweather. This fight was announced, what, Monday, I think it was? <laughs> I don't even fucking know. Um, I just want to know how long are we going to do this. Like, because here's the thing. I'm cool with KSI fighting Logan Paul. <sighs> Fuck. I'm tired of shit, sorry. I'm cool with uh, Jake Paul fighting... YouTube guys, and maybe even, like, Nate Robinson, if he wants to, I don't really give a shit. I'm cool with Mike Tyson fighting Roy Jones Jr., really. I don't care. I don't, it is what it is. But where it gets a little dicey for me is when Logan Paul is fighting Floyd Mayweather and Jake Paul is calling out Conor McGregor and Henry Cejudo... And all these guys, they just thought, I don't know, I like, how long are we going to do this? Are we going to have fucking LeBron James fight Stipe too, or what, what are we going to do here? Like, it, 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 next next month, I'm like, is fucking Steph Curry going to go in there with Jake Paul? Like, is Khalil Mack going to fight Francis Ngannou? Like, is KSI going to fight Israel Adesanya? Like, what, what are we doing? What, what are we doing? Because here's the thing, Michael Jordan isn't facing Jake Paul in a one-on-one one -on -one basketball match because we already know how that's going to fucking work out for him. Nobody cares. Nobody cares about if Michael Jordan's one of the winning any of these like YouTube stars. You know, he, he would shit on all of them. But for some reason, we, people want to see Logan Paul and Floyd Mayweather fight. And here's the thing, bro. I don't blame Logan Paul or Jake Paul for fighting these guys. You know, it gets them money, whatever. They're trying to get some clout. I don't care. I lost so much respect for Floyd Mayweather this week. Dude, Floyd Mayweather is one of the best boxers of all time, if not the best boxer of all time. 50 have tried, 50 have failed. He's 50 and 0. He's a fucking animal. How the hell are you going to let Logan Paul in the same ring as you, bro? I don't care if it's an exhibition. It just, it blows my mind, dude. It's just, and, and people say, it's a, it's oh, it's just quick money. It doesn't matter. Fuck that, bro. I don't care. Like, Mayweather made $100 million against Conor McGregor. Like, hundreds of millions of dollars against Pacquiao. How much money do you need, dog? Like, you can make money promoting Gervonta Davis and being in the boxing industry and helping the boxing industry create these fights and, and have these big fights like Errol Spence or fucking Terrence Crawford. You can promote these guys. You can be a better promoter than Bob Arum or Al Heyman probably ever could. 
but instead you're fighting Logan Paul, and now your boy Javante Davis wants to fight Jake Paul? Like, what are y'all doing? They're they're ruining the sport. I don't care if it's an exhibition. They're ruining the sport by making this fight, bro. It's it's insane to me, bro. I don't get it. I, I'm I'm just I'm not even gonna watch this one, bro. I'm 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 that like done with it. Cause cause here's the thing. I was cool with it for a while with these whatever YouTube fights, whatever. But but I I knew in the back of my head, man. As people do with anything, they have an inch and they take a mile. So first it was Jake Paul fighting, uh, fucking Gib from YouTube or whatever. KSI fighting Logan Paul, and now you got Logan Paul fighting Mayweather. He can't. He didn't even beat KSI. KSI's fought boxed for two seconds. He he has boxed for, for two seconds of his whole life, and he beat Logan Paul. Logan Paul doesn't know how to box, bro. He's fighting Mayweather, and now people are like, well, what if Logan lands that shot? It's like, are you serious, bro? I just don't get it, man. I don't understand. Like. If if Logan Paul and Antonio Brown are 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 on a one v one and they're running routes and Logan Paul has to cover them, who do you think's gonna win? It's the same exact thing with Logan Paul and Floyd Mayweather. It's the same shit. You cannot mix these worlds. Stay in your YouTube world. Fight these YouTube boxers. Have a YouTube boxing championship. I don't give a fuck. It was kind of cool to watch Logan Paul and KSI fight, cause it was his, it was its own thing. It was a YouTube boxing thing. But now you're fighting Floyd Mayweather, who's one of the best boxers in the world. I don't get it, bro. Is this what Mayweather's going to do? Is he going to make some quick bucks to fight these YouTube guys? Is he going to fight KSI tomorrow? Is he going to fight fucking... Is he going to fight fucking Joe Exotic tomorrow? What, what is he doing? I don't get it, man. Like This just makes me disrespect him as a fighter, bro. Like, you, Yeah, you won these fights, but it's like... If this is what you think about boxing, bro, you're going to take a fight like Logan Paul. Like, I just... Dis- disrespectful, bro. It's just fucking disrespectful as hell. But it doesn't surprise me, unfortunately, because I, I guess I guess it is all money, right? You know? But at the end of... I don't know. At the end of the day, bro, like, are you really going to look back and be like, damn, I'm so glad I fought Logan Paul? Like, that, that's shameful, bro. That's fucking shameful as hell. So I'm not excited for this fight at all. If you guys want to watch it, I mean cool, but, uh, I will not be watching it, no, I'm not gonna, uh, cause I, that would make me a hypocrite, I talk so much shit about this fight, and then I'm gonna watch it, no, I'm not gonna watch it, no, I'm not gonna give anything to this fight, any attention, but, on that note, we got some actual fight news from actual fighters, Anthony Johnson signed to Bellator as a light heavyweight, this is actually pretty exciting, uh, Anthony Johnson was a beast in UFC, but he retired, uh, I think it was like three years ago, I think it was a senior in high school, so about three years ago, and now he's back, he looks pretty thick, I thought he was going to be a heavyweight, but I guess uh, Anthony Johnson's always been known for being able to cut weight pretty easily, still fighting that light heavyweight division, which is pretty good, and an, a guy that's in that division that he beat is Ryan Bader, who was the champ of uh, Bellator in the light heavyweight division before he lost to Vadim Nemkov. So there's definitely some guys that he can fuck up there, you know, you got Corey Anderson versus Anthony Johnson, but you just gotta think, is Anthony Johnson really about it still? Because he didn't like fighting at the tail end of his career, so is he gonna be back better than ever or not? Or is he gonna come to Bellator and just 
get fucked up and and then leave again in a couple fights. But we'll see. I'm excited that uh, he decided to go to Bellator, actually. And then, big surprise this week. Yola Romero got cut this week from the UFC. And it's like, fuck, man. I understand that he's like 43 years old, but... And I understand that he lost his last, like, four out of five fights, but... Uh, honestly, three of those fights could have gone the other way. I, I thought that the Israel Adesanya fight was close, and Israel Adesanya is the best middleweight in the world. Uh, I thought the fight with Costa, I thought that he won that, but it was pretty close. And I thought that uh, the fight against Robert Whitaker was actually a draw, but uh, that could have gone either way. Yeah, bro, I don't understand. I think Yoel Romero's got a lot left in the tank. And... For me, it's like, I, I want to see him fight guys like Darren Till. I want to see him fight a bunch of guys. I don't care how old he is. He he looks better than all those all the other guys in the middleweight division, so I don't really get why they cut him. Yeah, but uh, that kind of sucks. And I don't think Bellator has taken him for whatever reason, which is really stupid, but I don't know. Maybe he'll fight in uh, 1FC, Ryzen. We'll see what happens, man. But what's kind of happening right now is I think MMA organizations especially UFC and even Bellator are kind of like, fuck these old guys, you know, let's, there's a new crop of talent, let's not just worry about these old guys, let's uh, focus on these 25 to 30 year olds that are, the f and, and 20 to 25 year olds that are the future of our sport, which is cool as well, I, I completely understand that. Um, but I have some predictions for some possible cuts, a couple of guys, uh, some that might happen this weekend, JDS, uh, JDS, Cub Swanson, and Jacare Souza could all definitely get cut if they lose this fight. Uh, Jeremy Stevens might get cut. Andre Arlovsky is definitely getting cut. Alexi Olenek is getting cut, probably. <coughs> uh, Robbie Lawler will probably get cut, unfortunately. Tyron Woodley might get cut, to be honest. And Rafael Asuncao might get cut. So, there is that. Big names right there, but I... I, I kind of knew this was going to happen. It didn't surprise me that much because when you think about the Contender Series and the upcoming Ultimate Fighter, the UFC is bringing in a lot of new talent. They're signing f uh, four or five fighters a week, you know? And these and these Contender guys are fucking good. They actually provide really good fights. And you can tell that the talent pool of MMA is widening and there's a lot more good fighters. And the UFC has the biggest roster now that it's ever had. That's why you're getting these fights every single week, because they have so many fighters. But the problem is that they have to pay these guys. And as you get older in the UFC, as you have more years in the UFC, you get paid more, actually. That's why Alistair Overeem is one of the most paid guys in the UFC. Because he's been in the UFC for a long time, for like 10 years. So what, what I think they're trying to do is they're trying to uh, sl slim the fat a little bit. By getting these older guys that don't really provide them a lot, other than like name recognition, and they're trying to get them to lose to these uh, younger guys, and then they get them out of the UFC, is kind of what's going on, so it doesn't really surprise me, if you're going to sign these guys uh, from the con contender series very consistently, you're going to have to cut some of the old guys in order to not have so many fighters on your roster, because you can't pay all of them adequately. And it's kind of that thing where, like, you have to pay Yola Romero a good amount of money for him to fight because he's fought so many times. 
But a guy like Jordan Lovett or whatever, uh, you don't have to pay him that much because he's a starter, you know. And Kevin Holland, you don't have to pay these guys too much money because they're going to fight regardless and they want to make a name for themselves. They're not at the point of their career where they can call the shots, you know. So I think they're trying to save some money in that aspect because of COVID, uh, which is a little bit fucked. But it happens in all sports. I mean, are you going to go with the sixth-year cornerback that's okay or are you going to go with the first year cornerback that's uh maybe a little worse but you can pay him less probably the first year cornerback but uh yeah that's kind of all for that uh, unfortunately a lot of these older guys that we love are going to get cut but that's kind of the way it goes and there's a lot of new guys that are coming in that are beasts and you will definitely get to know their names in the next couple of years so, yeah, that's kind of all I have. The fights this weekend are fucking awesome. You guys should tune in and check them out. See if I'm wrong on my picks once again. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, enjoy the fights, guys. And peace.